Well, I, I think that it's pretty fair to say the last year isn't what we wished for. If it's what you were wished for, if it's what you planned, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame you for everything. No. But you know, um, it has this past year and a half has brought a lot of changes, a lot of unwanted things into our lives. And and I think if we're honest, there are many reasons for us to be to be rightly concerned and 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 even grieved by some of the things that are going on and some of the things that have happened. When we can't um, come up close to or hear about lost jobs and and the struggling economy and suicides and people being shut up in nursing homes and not able to see their family. We can't, uh, in, in our world, and um, see these things and experience these things without lament and, and grieving over these things. And it's right to be good to be concerned. You know, when we add... To that, all the other kinds of troubles and maybe it's it's inconveniences that we face. And, and I think inner peace and rest can start to seem out of reach. Contentment can really feel like a distant dream. And maybe you feel that way. You're like, how can I be content at times like these, this is hard in many different ways for all of us. Well, if you're in that place looking for peace and rest and contentment with, with all that's going on, all the changes in our world, I have to be honest, I, I'm glad. I'm glad because the Word of God has answers for us and we, we have hope in a world that is, is fallen, in a world that's broken. And so we're going to look at the Word of God this morning. We're going to, if you would turn to Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be reading verses 10 to 14. And we're going to look at the topic of contentment, and we're going to learn about contentment from a man who was suffering unjustly in prison, and he was even facing the possibility of death. So he had a, a difficult situation in front of him. And this man, whose name is Paul, the man who wrote the letter to Philippians, said, I have learned in every situation to be content. You know, if Paul were here today, I, I believe he would tell us that true contentment doesn't depend on how the year 2021 turns out. True contentment, it, it's not found in better circumstances or, or a better life. Contentment is found in the Lord Jesus Christ and who He is. So we're going to read what Paul has to say and think about that simple but... Uh, really difficult message to, to grapple with in our lives. 
I'm going to read Philippians 4, verses 10 to 14. Philippians 4, verse 10 says uh, this, I, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have re- revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. So there we have Philippians 4, verses 10 to 14. And Paul talks about contentment and the the answer to Paul's contentment is found in the middle of a thank you note. He's writing um, to thank the Philippians for the gift they'd given him. He says in verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you've revived your concern for me. You were concerned for me before, he tells him, but but you didn't have an opportunity. And now you've taken that opportunity. And we read in chapter two about how they had sent a man, they had sent Epaphroditus with a gift and he had come to care for the needs of Paul in prison. Well, now he had sent Epaphroditus back and he wanted to thank them for that. And and he says in verse 14, he repeats himself. He says, it was kind of you to share in my trouble. So Paul Paul was very grateful for their support. We're going to go on and talk next week. He, He actually says they're the only really the only church that is been um, supporting him and giving and receiving back across over these years. And so they've been really involved and he's very thankful. But you get a sense of awkwardness here because then he, he wants them to know how much he appreciates the gift. But he doesn't want to give the impression that that uh, the Lord was not sufficient for his every need. He doesn't want them to think that their gift is the source of his contentment, his happiness and his joy in this time. It was a contributing factor. He says, I rejoiced greatly, but it wasn't the whole picture. And so Paul says in verse 11, not that I am in need, for I have learned in whatever situation to be content. He wanted them to know that his contentment isn't because he received a really good gift or because life is going well. Something else was at the source of his contentment. And we're going to get there. I think many of you, if you've read this passage before, you know where we're going. But first, I want to talk a little bit about contentment. What exactly does it mean to be content. I mean, I think we all recognize, hey, I want to be content, that the feeling of contentment. But, but how do we define it? What does that look like? 
think there's a lot of ways we could describe contentment, but one of the first things that may, comes to my mind is the words of the hymn writer. And he, he said, it is well with my soul. Talked about peace like a river and it is well with my soul. And, and you know, really, contentment is this sense of inner peace and rest. It's kind of that feeling that you get when when all of our, our needs are met, everything is taken care of, we could say, I have everything I need. Like in Psalm 23, where, where David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I shall not be in need. His needs were met, he was taken care of. And so that's that sense of contentment that we're satisfied, full at peace, we could say, I have everything that I need. You know, the word contentment here is, is a unique word. And, and the Greek philosophers talked a lot about this contentment. But when they talked about contentment, what they were talking about was being self-sufficient. Are you being strong under pressure to able to push through any and every circumstance? And that was their idea of contentment. And, you know, for for a lot of us, for some of us, for me anyway, I think we can be tempted to seek contentment that way, just to push through, to be strong. And we think that that will lead to Contentment. But God's word teaches us that contentment, rest and peace in our lives is not dependent on our strength or our willpower, is it? Paul even told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, I am Content with weaknesses, insults, and with troubles. And he goes on. And then he says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. So it's possible to be content even in weakness. To have a heart that is at rest. Where all is well even in our weakness. I think most of us would admit we, we struggle to remain content, especially when a situation is hard or we are feeling weak. We don't always feel as though it is well with, with our soul. And, and really everyone around us in this world is looking for something Something better, something more in life. Maybe they're striving for contentment in their jobs. It's not the way that they hoped that it would be the career. Pick the wrong career. That's a good excuse for a lot of people. But their homes or contentment in their hobbies. But this feeling of contentment it just seems to come and go as quickly as as the changing of the seasons. With all this searching, 
Where is contentment really found? Well, to find out, why don't we go back to our guy in prison and let Paul teach us what he has learned in verses 11 to 13. We find that Paul has learned contentment is not found in our circumstances. Contentment is not found in our circumstances, but contentment is found in Christ. So in verse 11, Paul says, I've learned in whatever situation to be content. And he goes on and really verse 12 explains, it expands on what he means by that. So he says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. He's experienced both in life. And in both he could say that I am content. He says, in every, any and every situation, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Well, these verses don't leave a lot of exceptions or excuses, do they? Twice, Paul says, in every situation. Twice, he explains that he knows he's been through what it's like to have little and what it's like to have much. And this is significant. It's significant because of how tempting it is to look to our surroundings for contentment. We all do that in in some way. Have you ever played the the if-only game in your mind? You know what I'm talking about? The if-only I had this, then, then life would be good. If only... If only I could save up to buy a boat, then I'd be looking up. If only the restrictions would lift, then my life would be so much better. And in some ways, we recognize there'd be, I mean, nice, a boat would be nice. And I sure want the restrictions to lift. But you see, the problem with thinking this way is that situations change. And this world, in fact, we're told by the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 2, he says the world is passing away with all of its pleasures, with all of its good things and all of the bad things. And so put our hope in situations is it's really a dangerous game to play. Because really, the old saying, the grass is always greener on the other side, just seems to me to be fairly true to life. I know it's not in the book of Proverbs, but it's like the pilot, he was flying over the Tennessee mountains and he pointed out a lake to his co-pilot and he said, see that lake, you know, I used to fish down there when I was a kid in a little rowboat, and and I would look up every time I saw a plane, and I would pretend that I was flying that plane. And now I just wish that I was back fishing in that rowboat, right? We kind of get that way at times, and we can relate because we've seen how that happens. 
We think a situation is going to make our life better to satisfy us, but ultimately it won't. And you know, Paul's situation was a little bit worse than the choice of flying a plane or fishing in a rowboat. He had faced plenty and hunger and abundance and need. And through it all, he said, I am content. You could say this because it wasn't his surroundings that satisfied him. It wasn't his circumstances that were the foundation of his well-being, the well-being of his soul. Well, if contentment isn't found in a better situation, where do we find peace and rest for our souls? We know Paul points very clearly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, he said, I can do all things. Perhaps we could say I can go through all things through him who strengthens me. I can go through this. I can be content through Christ. I can be content because he is strong. You see, Paul's contentment and his ability to do what God had called him to do, even in a place like prison, was because of his relationship, his union with Christ. The promise of Scripture is that we can be content, fully satisfied today and every day when, when we are satisfied, when we trust in Christ. For then we are united with Him. We have a relationship with Him and He is the one working in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. He is the one who strengthens us. And that's not a promise that we can do just whatever we want. But it is a promise that we can go through whatever God wants us to go through. And we can go through it God's way because God is with us. And because he is strong. Not only is he strong, but in other passages in Scripture, we are told that God is good. Over and over, the psalmists, they look to the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, his steadfast love, and his strength. I was just reading a psalm this morning. I can't even remember. Psalm 62. And those two things, God's strength and his love, were, were what the psalmist was talking about. So through Him, we can endure and obey. And through Him, we will experience God's peace, the contentment and rest in our hearts. And we know, we notice right away the text doesn't say, I can do all things through my strength. When it says, what does it say? I can do all things through Christ, and what does Christ do in us? He strengthens us. That's right. One of my favorite 
passages of Scripture talks about this um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Paul says, we have such confidence in God. And how? How do we have this? He says, we have such confidence in God through Christ. Because of Christ. Not that we are adequate in ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. Paul is saying, it's not my strength. I'm, I'm not enough. It's because of Christ's strength. He is enough. He is the reason that I'm able to do what God has for me. The reason that it is well with my soul, even when it's not well with the world. You see, when we realize that he is sufficient, we don't need to strive for contentment. We can trust that he is enough in every situation. When we are satisfied with Christ, we can be content all the time. So contentment, inner peace and rest is possible. And it's, it's not found in our surroundings and it's not found in our strength. True contentment is being Satisfied with Christ, resting in his strength. I want you to listen up because this is important here. Contentment is a learned thing. Contentment is a learned thing. You may go like, what do you mean by that? I mean, don't we just get just believe in Jesus and then we have contentment? Well, there is that sense in which, yes, the peace of God floods our heart when we know the Lord, when we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. But I want you to notice in our text this morning, twice, Paul says that I have learned. He says, I have learned. Verse 11, to be content in whatever situation in verse 12, he says, I've learned the secret. And Paul also says in verse 12, he also says, I know how. And all these things, they point us to something. They point us to the fact that contentment, it's a it's knowable. It's it's doable. For the believer, and it, it is ongoing as well. So it's this ongoing, continuing this learning to see Christ as sufficient every day for each new trial. That his mercies are new each and every morning for each and every trouble that we face. In other words, it's a process. It's a part of growth of becoming more like Christ that we learn to be content. And how do we learn contentment? Is it all just some intellectual exercise? I just got to follow the steps. There's some secret to learn how to be super spiritual like Paul was. And then I 
finally get to be content with my life? Uh, no, it's, it's not that complicated. It really goes back to the gospel. It really goes back to the fact that we were created to worship God, our creator. We were created to be content in our relationship with him, satisfied in him, dependent on him. But in the garden, Adam and Eve, in Genesis chapter 3, they chose to be discontent. They sought something more to satisfy them when God was all they needed. And their sin had consequences. The result of their sin was the opposite of contentment, for they got outside of the bounds for where our soul finds rest. And so we have verses like where the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 57, 21, there is no peace for the wicked. Contentment is impossible for the sinner because we've rebelled against God. And so it is with all of us. Where Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We've all gone astray. We have all turned to our own way to seek after other things to satisfy. And they will never bring peace and contentment in our lives. And the only way... To be saved. The only way to truly be satisfied and content in our hearts is to confess our sins. Acknowledging that we've rebelled against God and to turn to Jesus who died on a cross for our sins and rose again. You know, if we believe, if you believe this good news with your whole heart, then the scripture teaches that we are united with Christ. We are in Christ and he is at work within you. He will strengthen you in any, each and every situation. That's the, the secret to contentment. It's to give up the search for contentment and turn to the God who, whom we have rebelled against. We confess our sins. And He is faithful and just and He will forgive us and He will reconcile us to, our, to Himself and restore that relationship through the work of Jesus Christ. So there's no other path to be content in our lives than to be reconciled, brought into a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And yet we live in a fallen world and there are many things that 
we can still look to for contentment. Something more to satisfy. So we need to be on guard in our own hearts. We need to daily see Christ, his sufficiency and his strength in every trial. You know, he must be in view at all times. He's the one thing that doesn't change in every situation. The prophet Isaiah says in chapter 26, verse 3, You, O God, keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace, the one whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So the one who does think of the Lord, remember the Lord's presence and power in every situation is the one who is learning contentment, learning to face all the the troubles and the goodness of life in, in Christ's strength. But when we don't see him in our situation, the situation looms larger and larger, and we may be tempted then to take matters into our own hands. Or maybe we just panic. Feel like there's no way out. And in those times, we must learn to focus on Christ's nearness, his power and his love. Perhaps that means stopping to to read the Psalms and to properly learn to to lament these difficult things, but yet turn to God in, in faith and trust that he is near, that he's faithful, that he's able. Maybe it means being able to memorize and remember a verse, a verse like Proverbs 18.10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And what do the righteous do? Maybe you would think of the song, that's how I remember it. The righteous run into it and they are safe. So when we know that the name of the Lord, that he is the strong one, We can run to the shelter. If you're being pelted by hail, do you think to yourself, I am strong enough, or do we look for the nearest shelter? Right? Sometimes we think that we're strong enough. Or maybe we go and we look to make a little shelter of sticks to to get through the situation, but the Lord is a strong tower and we can turn to him when we see his strength when we see his goodness that he is a refuge in any situation and as we see Christ's strength that we learn to trust his strength and that's that running into the tower right rather than taking matters into our own hands we can take refuge in his promises And we can cry out to him at any time for help when we are in need. 
And you know, as we see Christ's strength and as we trust in him, we also learn to enter into what he is doing. You know, the text says, I can do all things, doesn't it? The Christian life isn't entirely passive. It's not Jesus takes the wheel and I do nothing. It means that we have a part to play. We're not the strong one. We're not the savior. But God has a part for us in each and every situation that he has put us. A part to play in growing to become like him and reflecting his goodness. His strength to the world around us. So we can choose in our times of trouble to remain apart from the things that God is doing in our situation. But that is not contentment. You know, Paul, when he's in prison, he didn't say miserable, poor old me. I'm sure he felt that way maybe at times. Uh, that's not what he says, though. He, he talks about the opportunity to preach to the guards and how some they were hearing about Christ through his imprisonment. And that was because he was able to enter into what God was doing and to be faithful in that situation because he was looking to Christ, his strength, and trusting him. So true contentment really doesn't take the easy way out. Inner rest of the soul doesn't mean all the work is done. The work goes on, but our faith is in the Lord. We could say a lot more about contentment. A lot more about the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is. And a lot more about learning contentment as well. But I want to suggest two applications in closing. The first one is so important. We need to repent. Turn away from anything that may be separating us from Christ. Anything that we are looking to other than Christ for satisfaction. Because nothing else will actually satisfy. And not only will it not satisfy, but we are sinning against the Lord God. Our Savior who died for us. Our Savior who is enough. His blood was shed. It's enough. So we need to be honest and search our hearts and repent of things that are separating us from Christ. And you know, we could fill in the blank here you know, think to yourself, I will be happy when or if only. What would you say? I'll be happy when. I don't know when I get to retire, when when school is out for the summer, I will be happy. I will refuse to be happy until the government gets its act together. 
and changes situations? What if that never happens? Could you be happy? I mean, could you be happy? Could you honestly say that you could be happy if all you had was Christ? I mean, that's really the litmus test of contentment. Is Jesus enough? Am I seeking him? Or maybe do I just seek the bread that he can make come out of thin air? Do I seek his gifts? Do I seek this feeling of peace? Or do I seek him? The Lord who is our peace. And that brings us to number two. As we repent and as we think about where we find our satisfaction. We also need to get to know Christ and his strength to really learn what God's word has to say about our Lord and Savior. So as, as we as we do that, as we seek him and learn more of him, we find that he is able to help us. He's able to help us in our time of need if we will look to him. The contentment isn't found in life's circumstances. Contentment isn't found in our strength. Contentment is found in Jesus Christ. And He is enough. He is enough all the time in every situation that you face. 